Hello, I'm King Navasa, and this is Celebrating Caymanians Overseas, Out of Sight, Not Out of Mind. Today, we're speaking with Tom McCallum, a man who is enthusiastic about seeing you achieve success. Wise and knowledgeable, Tom is an all-round coach, and I mean all-round. He has coached basketball, swimming, and is a business coach. And now, based in London after living in Cayman for near 30 years, we catch up with him into some insights about bravery, home, self-awareness. Yes, let's get Tom on the line. All right. Today we have with us the wise Tom McCallum. Did I pronounce it right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and Tom, I, I'm jumping right into it. Uh, just share with us, who is Tom McCallum and what is your Cayman connection? <laughs> jumping right in. Well, first of all, thank you for the, the big compliment. I will, I always, I will look to, aspire to look up to that. A bit like, what's the name of the owl in Winnie the Pooh? Oh, <laughs> owl is the name of the owl. Owl is the name of the owl. So, <laughs> so to be wise. And this is an interesting podcast because it goes out to our community, right? Yes. So it's going to be divided into three categories, I guess. There's the people who already go, oh, I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> There's the people who are going to go, well, I want to know who he's for. <laughs> right? And there's people who go, yeah, well, just, you know, this guy can talk to us a little bit. But it's came out such a, uh, a community that it's a little bit different. So um, I'm... You uh, give us all of that. So, yeah, yeah, we've got to get this out of the way before we can get into talking about anything, right? Go so, ahead, you for? Go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm Alex Ian and Nick McCallum's daddy. Right, that's probably what I'm best known for um and they are right but that's but but they grew up with social media so that's about all i'm allowed to say so if you're between the ages of 18 and 27 particularly if you went to prep school or you were a swimmer or a football player uh, or a squash player you'd probably know one or more of my boys alex nick and ian you said yeah alex is 27 um i'm i'm already veering into too much information to be disclosed in public Um, (laughs) alex is 27 ian is 24 and nick is 18. well shout out to alex ian and nick there you go um and i'm i was born in scotland and i moved to cayman in 1989 which is for a lot of the listeners to this that's way before they were born um so long time ago so i lived more than half my life in, in cayman and pretty much almost all of my adult life right you know from 24 upwards okay um and yeah background wise there's a lot you can see online right so um you just said google you (laughs) google me man man. um you know i qualified as a chartered accountant and came out to came on but no i didn't work for one of the accounting firm well i did work for an accounting firm for a bit but I worked at Cayman Airways, which was an amazing experience um, as their controller. And then I worked for one of the local families for about 16 years and helped with all of their businesses. So, so I'm not somebody who worked in offshore finance, Okay. but I am very interested in finance and economics and the way the world works. So I was all often bridging in between. I mostly worked in tourism. 
Okay. Um, because the, you know, the businesses we're in, um, we're often linked to tourism. And for, for Georgetown people who may very occasionally drive around the loop of the island, not going to Rum Point, but going to East End, um, on the far northeastern corner of the island, Colliers is the Reef Resort. So I was part of developing and running that. That's quite a visible symbol of stuff that I did. Oh, okay. So and you were part of um, yeah. the team that got the Reef Resort going. Yeah, yeah. And then I led it for a number of years. Um, and then about over a decade ago, I um, eased out of working specifically for that family and started doing business coaching and leadership coaching. And I ran, ran a business called Sherlaws and came out and it got quite well established and helped build up the um, sector of coaching in Ireland. There is now a coaches association in came out, which is pretty cool. Um, oh. um, so they might be life coaches, they might be business coaches, they might be executive coaches, but the, the methodology is broadly similar. So we did a lot of that and we ran leadership programs and have a lot of alumni and, um, and, and that. And so that's cool. It's a very cool community spun out of that. Can I ask, up. what district did you choose to settle in when you moved to Cape Town? <laughs> <laughs> uh, always, always Georgetown. Georgetown. Uh, okay. Different parts of Georgetown. Um, I mean, Always you know, Georgetown. No. Okay, you you have to claim it, you know, Tom. You have to claim it. Oh no, definitely Georgetown. I am going back on for a month at the beginning of April. Very good. So, and I'm just gonna, yeah, I just want to be back so I, so I can work remotely as well as stuff I'm doing in Cayman and talk right. to people, catch up, see what's happening, and um, hopefully nudge people towards some brave and positive change. So. You mentioned coaching in terms of uh, business coaching and such, but you did some um, community coaching in terms of like sports as well in Cayman. Ah, that's true. Yeah, we talked a bit before. Um, yes. A very funny moment was being on um, back when we used to have a TV channel in Cayman. And... <laughs> I mean, I think the channels are still there, but the programs aren't. Well, no, no programming, you know, because there was never any money in it. So it was always part of the license. <laughs> Um, but I remember one show we went on when uh, the director of sports, Colin Anglin, was coming on. By that time, Colin was in his, I don't know, late 30s. You know, young for that position, but, you know, a mature individual. And um, I was, at that point, the president of something association. And uh, the interviewer was one of the lovely sports journalists we'd had, who were always typically from elsewhere in the Caribbean, but not from Cayman. <laughs> they didn't know, they didn't know the, the history and stuff. And they said... Uh, so did you ever do any, you know, coaching um, other than just being the president of the association or a referee? And Colin turned around and said, he coached me in the under 18 basketball team. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, because I played, I played basketball for Cayman when I first moved to Cayman. That was when we used to play on the rough asphalt court outdoors at the Georgetown Primary School. It's now been covered over. That was the only place to play. That and the court on Eastern Avenue next to Cox. Yep, I I know that one well too. That one's still going as well. Yeah, but that was the those were the only places you could play. Okay. Um, there was nothing indoors. And when I, I I played basketball in Europe, and it's an indoor sport mm -hmm. on parquet sprung flooring, and then all of a sudden you come out and you play on the asphalt, 
different kind of game. Different kind of game, especially if, if the sun was beaten on, beaten down on it too. You could probably feel the heat coming up through your shoe. Well, if you if you played it, not, we always played after dark, right? All the games, but but the that asphalt soaks up the heat all day. So yeah, I mean, you're not you. It's hot. It's hot work. Yeah, I know. You gotta love it. <laughs> you know what? Um, I used to walk barefoot on those things, but that's how you know I'm a real West Bear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Well, I mean, you see, you're, you're, you're much younger than me, so I, I'm, I have to sound like an old man because then you could, then you have to talk about the Barefoot Brigade. You know who they were? Actually, no, I don't know that one. Bunch of our top runners back in the 80s, my age and a few years older, used to run barefoot. Why? Mm. Okay. I think they got me beat there, but I haven't seen anybody do that. They used to race without shoes on. Ooh. Crazy. Okay. Tough feet. <laughs> Different when we're kids, but as I say, I always be a, I could walk on Iron Shore. I mean, I probably still could. You could walk, walk on Iron Shore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Listeners who come in from West Bend know what I'm talking about. At least people my age, because they know we would run up and down, run into the nearest dock barefoot all the time. The only time you see us put on slippers or something is when we're going back to the house because you don't want mama or dada to <laughs> you find out there shoes on. Yeah, living young and wild and free. I loved it. All right, so um, what made you decide to move to the UK? We had clients in 14 countries. Um, this is the... Um, Sherlock's in came out. We had clients in 14 countries. And then in 2014, the global business asked me to be the CEO of the business around the world. So I'd already been traveling a lot, but I just, I was living on the plane. So one of the things was just, it was time. I, for, I love my work and I'm going to do it. I'm in my mid fifties, but I'm going to do it forever. And um, it was really getting to the point where it really limited me professionally to, to be based in Cayman. So most, so I, I live in I chose to live in London, even though I was born in Scotland, because London is one of the world's major cities, 10 million people. And prior to COVID, every writer, speaker, thinker will come through London at least once a year. So you could get to see them speak, maybe meet up with them, maybe interview them, talk to them. Um, so that's why I moved to London. And I've been in London now for just under five years. Um, and prior to that, it was... Cayman, so you moved. Yeah, I was in Cayman. I lived in Cayman for, you know, non-stop for 27 years. What's something that you absolutely yearn for each time you go back to Cayman? Uh, uh, being very soft and not what you, not the direction you're going in, was to hug my boys because they, they all, they all live in Cayman now. The two of them, you know, qualified prof they're qualified accountants. Two more, like we need more of them. Uh, just kidding. But um, just to see my boys. Um, I'm excited the youngest ones will be coming to university in the UK in, in, in the autumn. So, so I'll see him then. Or maybe, you know, I'll, I'll be one of those annoying dads who like drives to wherever he is and buys him lunch. Oh, yeah. And they say, right, you can go now. You fed me. Oh, yeah. Um, I could picture but, you doing it. Yep. But what do, I, what do I love? There's lots. I mean, you could think about food. There's lots of food, right? Um, but uh, honestly, um, it's... Is people. Well, I went out in September. It's my first time out in what nearly two years. Mm. And I, during the working and school day when I didn't see my kids, 
right? I, I had 30 meetings in eight days when I was there. So, and that's easy done, right? You just go around and have coffees and lunches and just met up with so many people, just, you know, heard what's happening for them, listened in, talked about things, just pulled together ideas. So it's, there's plenty good food and good stuff to drink. Um, name name the food you... Honestly, there is, the, there, the, and I would name check my dear friend Marla Dukaran, who's a Trinidadian economist living in Barbados. She rates that one of some of the best Trini food you can get is Singh's Roti Shop. Really? Mm-hmm. Singh's Roti Shop from out of Georgetown? Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, honestly, I've got to get that. And um, yes, sir. You know, I was in quarantine the first back then they had a quarantine the first few days I arrived last time. So luckily, they've now got a food delivery app in Cayman, right? So, and uh, one of the ones on it was Sing's. So literally, it was right away. Get <laughs> gotta get Sing's roti. Very. Um, but anything hot and spicy because they don't do hot and spicy in in the UK. Even when they say they do, it's That's like right. not hot enough. There's not any scotch bonnet on anything, you know. So, but you know, I'm kind of okay with that because I can still find my own hot sauce to keep in my bag. Wait, well, you just have to carry it with you all the time when yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and then you find you find your little havens, like about uh, I know Rita Estevanovich lives just a few miles from me, and we both discovered that next to the big train station um, near where she lives is a fantastic. Um, guy from Barbados who does really good Caribbean food and he'll make it hot and when you go in there it'll say do you want it English hot or Caribbean hot and you go Caribbean yes. hot oh my, God. <laughs> oh my God okay so switching switching lanes again back to um, what you were saying about bravery okay so when people are deciding from Cayman people from Cayman are deciding okay I need to make that move in order to for, for whatever reason personal mm-hmm. growth mm-hmm. Uh, career progression education um what would you say um to encourage people to make that that bold decision a coach would say that awareness is the greatest agent for change awareness first thing is the greatest agent for awareness change. is the greatest agent for change so the first piece in coaching is all about awareness. So the first thing is, if you recognize you are in a comfort zone, mm-hmm. that's the first piece. There is, a, and not to judge it or say, I should do this, I must do this, I have to do this, but simply to go, okay, I'm taking it easy. I'm in a comfort zone. Once you know you're there, then you can look at the possibilities. But if you're judging yourself, you're in a negative space and you just start to freeze. It's gonna you know, if you think of it realistic, if you think of it realistically, people will they will may have young kids to provide for and they go, right, well, I can get a good job that pays me well. It may not be that fulfilling. And this is anywhere in the world, right? Um, but I'll do it because I need to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Right? And at different phases and stages of life, you can do different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we have massive inequality in Cayman, mm-hmm. right? And so bravery is sometimes about putting your head above the parapet and going, the thing about Cayman, everybody knows everybody at a certain level. So you go, well, I'm going to upset people if I say thanks. Yeah. That's but we have to start upsetting people by speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. We can be positive. We can be kind. We can be respectful. Being respectful 
to your elders, but to everybody is a very Caymanian thing. I always speak with respect to people. That, but that does not stop me being direct. Those who do speak up take advantage of those who don't. And Caymans, Caymanians generally don't speak up very much. Or if they speak up, it's in, in their yard talking to somebody else. So we need a more equal society or a more equitable society. Equity means everybody gets the assistance they need yeah. to have a chance. To give them a fair shot. And the thing about a place which is very wealthy, even if that wealth is not equally distributed, people get lazy and complacent and comfortable. People only often, you know, really change when they're pushed, mm-hmm. right? When they're backed into a corner. Out of their comfort zone. Right, so, but if you, it's the, boi- you know, the boiling the frog analogy, right? Boiling the, oh, wait, 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 let me see if I got it. Is it when, um, if the frog is already sitting in the in the pot of water and you increase the heat, the frog will just sit there and boil. boil. But if you put if you dropped a frog into a pot of boiling water, it would jump right out. It will, yes. So the the pot is being brought to the boil and came out, mm-hmm. but the frog isn't jumping out. We're all it's a use a very came out phrase. We're all crabs in a bucket. Oh, but the crabs aren't really looking to get out, and I don't mean to get out of came out, but just to make change, mm-hmm. to make change to their own country. But that's the that's. Um part of the awareness you were talking about yeah um becoming aware well done master host (laughs) (laughs) they don't say pound shop oprah for nothing but (laughs) they don't say pound shop oprah at all you're doing a great job oh thank you thank you all right so tom as a coach do you have a mantra or an affirmation or a favorite quote which you find useful in daily life my favorite quote of all time is from a author called Marianne Williamson, and it's called Our Deepest Fear. Is right. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? Oh. You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So, Tom, I know you didn't memorize that. No, I read it to you. Oh, <laughs> that was fabulous. But I was like, hold on. This is the whole scripture now. Preach, Tom, preach. I, I normally leave out the God bit because I'm, I actually, uh, I'm an agnostic. Not, not an atheist, but I remain open to being convinced of anything. So I'm an agnostic. That's fair. Um, That's a fair point. That's fair. But it, the original script does make reference to, to God and being a child of God, which has resonance for many of your many of the listeners. But, but let us, it is not, you know, it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And the motto of the school that my three sons have been to is let your light so, so shine. shine. 
let your light so shine. I know it. <laughs> because, of course, the, the, the high schools were right next to each other, except yeah. Apple C, um, mm-hmm. when I was going. <laughs> so we, we, we knew it. We knew each other's stuff. Um, you'd see it driving by on the little um, the school sign. On the wall, yeah. yeah. On the walls. So what does home mean to you? That's a really, really good question. Mm-hmm. I was out last night for dinner mm-hmm. and the and a restaurant that I know really, really well. And one of the guys is a regular there is Romanian, but has lived in London for years. Mm-hmm. And but he would never have this. And the owner of the place is Scottish. Right. And I mentor him a little bit. Mm-hmm. For, I, I do a lot of business mentoring. Um, and the person I was with who knows them really well, and he says, So where are you from? And I said, I'm from Cayman. And they said, no, he's from Scotland. Oh. And I fought it because I went, home is uh, a state of mind. Mm-hmm. Right? And I consider, I, I, I live in London. I love London. Um, maybe I'll be here for an indefinite period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got two homes, came out in Scotland. Right. So it, it's not a definition it's a feeling Mm. okay Tom in closing fill in the blanks life is for me life is all about I know why I'm here on this planet right life is all about people and ideas and I that's what I'm about is people and ideas so I talked about some I tend to be pretty serious so we're all the lightness I'm pretty serious person but life is about people and I guess in rambling, I find the UK a bit of a challenge at times because people tend to be, I make a joke. It says, if you, it's a little bit crude, but if you put a lump of coal in a certain, in between the cheeks of a Brit, pretty soon it turns into diamond. They're so tightly wound, right? <laughs> right. Whereas I like, in Cayman, in the, uh, people are really friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, all you have to do is talk to them, right? and ev- people are very, very friendly. I love being. I love every time I get home, and from the first conversation I have, um, you know, with whoever's on the the desk at what they now call border control, we used, you know, immigration at the airport. Mm-hmm. And just chat with everybody. I'm the kind of person. Who, I'm the kind of crazy Londoner who talks to people on the tube. So, so you know, talk to people on public transport. It causes chaos because you're not supposed to make eye contact, let alone talk to That's anybody right. you, you don't know. <laughs> so, um, I love people and I love ideas. So I just love talking to people, and I love the fact that when I used to bring people from our international business to the to Cayman, they got really confused. Like there wasn't a single cafe or restaurant I could go to where I didn't buck up on somebody on you. Right. And um, yeah, so life is about people and ideas. That's me. Life is about people and ideas. So it's that concept of what's the word, Sonder? Where you know everyone is, where you're aware of that everyone is having a human experience. And it's just okay. interesting to tap into that. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. <laughs> and I look forward to you and I have known each other a couple of years thanks to the positive aspects of a pandemic that all of a sudden everything went on zoom and you may be up 200 miles away from me up in a different part of the uk yeah but um, and i did miss the cayman day we had in london i'm sorry about that but uh, oh, we'll meet yeah. in, we'll meet in person 
but we're uh, for the podcast audience, this will be an audio, but we're actually looking at each other on Zoom while we're talking. Um, but we we do those week, weekly or every second week things, and you and I have got to know each other quite well through these different things. So, and that's an absolute pleasure. So I love meeting people and listening to and talking about ideas. So uh, you have been a very positive addition to my life in the last couple of years since the pandemic. We'd not met before that. Tom! <laughs> Tom. Hey. Thank you, you're, Tom. Thank you're, 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 you are, you, you've been a massive in, uh, inspiration to all, of, to, to all of us in that community. And in, the, the absolute highlight for me has, was when you decided to, we had, I think the idea popped up to do a cooking thing and oh, you, did, you, you were teaching non-cooks who shall remain nameless <laughs> how to cook rice. Can you remember what you said when they said how much water to put in the rice? Oh, or how much, right, how much rice to put in the water, I think it was. How much did, how much did I say? You, um, you said it, it was something along the lines of, it, but they were thinking a quantity. And you just went with like, well, you know how much your mama would say? <laughs> yeah, how much your mama would say, just put one little bit more. And, <laughs> and they just looked at you blankly like, how many pints is that? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Oh gosh, King's Kitchen. I kind of. Oh gosh, I'm not even upset if, kitchen, if that yeah. disappeared from the internet. It was fun, but oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. So, people and ideas. That was a great idea to inspire people. So that's cool. So keep Thank keep you. inspiring people, my friend. Thank you, Tom. And likewise, as I said, okay. the wise Tom McMallum. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. I will continue to aspire to be so. Another Caymanian overseas. Out of sight, not out of mind. Yes. Yeah, Bobo. <laughs>